Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Venture Church Online for our midweek Bible study. Uh, I'm honored and always privileged to be able to, to come on here anytime and share. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. Uh, and I just want to just get right into it tonight and just hopefully uh, uh, tonight you would just, there would just be uh, just an openness in your home and your heart for the Lord just to speak. And I just, I have some notes here and I'm just going to share a few things, but I want the Lord, I, I don't want it just to be me here to speak into a camera, speaking to you guys over the internet. I want the Holy Spirit just to move right where you're at and to move and to minister and to speak right in your home or from wherever you're watching this. So as you, um, if you want to grab your Bible, uh, I'm just going to open up in prayer. Um, and if you do have your Bible, you can just uh, start to turn to John chapter 1. And I just want to go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this, this night. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives. God, even, even right now, Lord, I know that you're working beyond what we see and what we know. And we just want to, have a, we want to be like that clay in your hands, God, that says, wherever you want to press us and mold us and shape us, God, Lord, we want to yield to you. And we want to behold you. We want to, we want to grow stronger in our faith, in our, in our confidence in who you, in, in, in who you want, who, who you are, God. We want to grow in our confidence in who we are. And we want our hearts to be opened and awakened, even, even right now as we speak from your word, as we, as we look at your word. And I thank you, Jesus, and that you would have, I pray that you would have your way in these next few moments. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen. Well, tonight um, we're going to be looking at, I'm going to be, this is actually a part of a series I want to begin, um, and I'll give you some more details towards the end of this. Uh, this the series about the radiance of Christ, and uh, tonight I want to look at, specifically in this session, beholding the Lamb of God, especially right now, uh, I think, you know, right in the middle of you know, Passover is about to begin that season, and we're about to come on uh, Good Friday and, and the Resurrection Sunday, and this, in this, right in the midst of this season, right from right where we're at, I know the Lord, He is, His remedy, I believe with all my heart that His remedy, God's remedy for difficult times, and His number one re- remedy, rather, for difficult times, is to reveal Himself to the human heart. And I believe, just as a few weeks ago and uh, when I had a part, the chance to share with you guys about the faithful and wise servant and how it was, uh, they were, the faithful and wise servant was the one who was ready, ready to, to give at the proper time, to give the servants, to give the fellow servants food at the right time, to give them bread at the right time. And I believe the, the food that we're called to give people and that we're called to receive right now is is the food of knowing God, of knowing him, of knowing him as the bread of life, of knowing him as the lamb of God and beholding him, beholding his glory. I believe having a living understanding of who God is, a living understanding of who God is equips us to genuinely love him, to genuinely love people better. It equips us to stand against compromise, to resist the enemy, to fulfill our assignments and our calling and to overcome the troubling pressures around us. I believe, I believe we must know Jesus in this hour. 
We have, it has to go beyond having facts about him in our head. And it has to move. I know most of us, we have, we know the facts about Jesus in our head. But unless that, informa- that information becomes revelation that touches our heart, we will become, I believe we will become vulnerable to, to disillusionment, to deception. Disillusionment means, it means that we get thrown off because things aren't the way we thought they would be. And sometimes we get spiritually bored and we, we get dull because I believe it goes back to how, what, we, what we believe about Jesus. What, do we know him? Do we truly know him? Is it just information in our head? Is during this time as we celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection, is it just information in our head or has it penetrated our heart? Or even if it has penetrated our heart in the past, is it currently actively moving our hearts? Does that bloody image of, your, of our Savior on the cross dying for our sins still move us? Is it, is it something that is just a, 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 just a words on a page or, a, or something that's far be you know, it's, we're disconnected to? Or is it something that is real and living in our hearts right now? And I believe as believers, I feel we are in a very unique and critical moment right now where we must know the Lord in truth and with depth. We must, we must turn to him in repentance and ask for clear revelation of Jesus Christ that we can simply receive, that we cannot, we cannot simply receive it with a common gaze. We can't get revelation of God without him, without him revealing himself to us. And he reveals himself to those who seek him with their whole heart. He reveals himself to the hungry. He feeds the hungry. And this is the bread that we want, we need. We need revelation of God. And so... This is my prayer right now in this season that we're in, in this crisis time. And this is why this is, why this is on my heart to share even tonight, to begin this series of beholding the Lamb of God. And really what I'm, what I'm doing here tonight and, and in this series is, is really just the tip of the iceberg. It's really just very, there is so much to this, to this, this subject. And I believe this subject, which is the majesty of Christ, it's the beauty of, of Christ. It's, the, it's beholding who he is. I believe this, is, this subject is, the, is one of the best kept secrets in the body of Christ today. I believe we have sermon after sermon about you know, how, how, how do we have more money? How do we have better relationships? How do we grow this and grow that? And I think those are good and needed. But the first and foremost message that I believe needs to pro- be proclaimed in this hour is the message that unveils and teaches and proclaims Jesus, proclaims the beauty of his nature, his character, his personality, his attributes, his life, his death, his resurrection, that we would proclaim truth about Jesus from the word of God. And that comes from our own encounter with him in the word of God and in our own life and our own walk. And so this, this is my charge to us tonight, and this is why this is on my heart as we begin to, to peer into this. And this subject we're honing in, we're trying to hone in on tonight is beholding the Lamb of God. And I think of, uh, you know, the Philip, uh, who, would, who in, I believe it's Acts chapter 8, where he goes and the, and the Spirit of the Lord sends him to this Ethiopian eunuch. And he goes and he, this, this Ethiopian is there reading the prophet Isaiah about this, you know, he's reading about the, the sheep or the lamb that was led to the slaughter 
uh, before its shearers, who was, it was silent and, and opened not his mouth. And he, he's reading about, he's reading from the prophet Isaiah, and as he's reading, Philip ac- actually uses that, that starting, that scripture as a starting point to preach Jesus, to preach the good news to him. And right then and there, the, the Ethiopian is baptized right there, and, and the Spirit of the Lord catches Philip away. And it's just this powerful moment where, I, where the, the gospel is, this, this, there's, a, there's a ripe harvest that is ready to be gathered. And even right, even right from this, this Ethiopian eunuch who is just, he's hungry. He, he's reading the scripture, and he's hungry for more. And Philip recognizes that and just preaches Jesus simply. Simply and boldly, and it and the Ethiopian is saved. And I believe, similarly, right now, there's opportunity to preach the simple gospel of Jesus Christ and to proclaim His goodness, to proclaim Him as the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world, who took the wrath that we deserved upon Himself. And when we proclaim that, I believe there's things that God wants to do even right now to that people would be saved. People would come to know Jesus who have never known him before. People would see him as the living, this living hope, the chief cornerstone, the lamb of God. People would turn to him even now. This is why now more than ever, we must know him for ourselves, get into his word for ourselves so that we would have boldness in proclaiming him to others, even in a greater way. So if you want to track along with me again in John chapter one, I'm going to be I'm going to be opening up the Word of God here, and we're just going to share just in a, for a few moments. And I believe, uh, as we look into as we look into John chapter one, it's important to to kind of see that from right away. Uh, John tells us plainly in John's gospel. He tells us plainly. Uh, I believe it's in John chapter twenty, uh, verse thirty, and verse thirty-one as well, where he plainly tells us that his purpose, the purpose of his gospel account was so that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we would have life in his name. Like that was, that's John the Apostle, he makes it very clear that that's, his, that's the purpose he has for writing his, his account, is that we would know Jesus as the Son of God. And therefore you see a lot more references in, in situations where uh, Jesus, Jesus is Jesus' divinity that he is the fact that he is God is is more plainly stated in in John, the book of John than any other of the other gospels, and I think that's powerful to me. You see, the other gospels, most of them, they start with the genealogies. They start with different, uh, you know, this this is the genealogy of Jesus, tracing tracing it from here and here. But then John, <laughs> you know, he doesn't he doesn't go he doesn't trace the genealogy from. Uh, from Abraham. He doesn't tra- trace his genealogy from, from Adam, but John goes even further back. John says, in the beginning was the Word. <laughs> in the beginning was the Word. Let's look at it here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing that was, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and, that, and the life was the light of men. And the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So 
right away, John, the apostle John, opens up, and he goes, he doesn't go to back to Adam. He goes to in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, right away, he communicates that Jesus is the eternal creator God. He communicates that Jesus is the eternal and the creator God. We see where he says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Like, that is pretty clear right there. He was in the beginning with God, and all things, and here's what he says, all things were made through him. So he is creator. He's, he's, he's connecting the word with creator. And without him, nothing was made that was made. And he, he just, just, it's just powerful to me how he, he opens up his gospel with the, these statements. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. It was our hope, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, or some versions say could not overcome it. The, the darkness could not overcome this light that came from the Word of God, that came from this Word, who is Jesus. The light is, he's, John is communicating again that Jesus is the one who is, he is the source of life. He is the source of light. He is completely set apart. He's holy. He's radiant. He's other than anyone or anything else. He is eternal, and he is the creator God. And then, we, then he continues on. Let me just turn it over here. And he continues, and he continues on, and he says, Therefore, in, chapter, in verse 6, Therefore, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. John, the Apostle John, writing about John the Baptist. This man came for witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. So he's, he's talking about John the Baptist again. He's bearing, John is the one who's bearing witness of this He's referring to Jesus as the light, the true light, this radiant one. He's set apart. And I think that just to put that, again, to comment on that briefly, that the fact that he's saying he's the light. He is, I mean, imagine when you see a bright light after being in darkness, being in a dark room. It's, sometimes it's not pleasant. You know, it's, I mean, it isn't pleasant. You know, I, if, I'm, if my eyes aren't used to it and I, see, I walk out into bright light, I'm just... You know, it just catches you. It's bright. It hurts. It's not pleasant. But it's, but it's, there is, it takes a moment to catch up to what your, you know, that your eyes would catch up to the light that it's seeing. In the same way, I believe when we see Jesus, and I'm saying, again, going from head to heart, that we get beyond the, the facts about him, which the facts are important, but we get into, let it get into our heart. And it, it, it can be, it can, it can startle us. It can be unpleasant at times when we see Jesus and, and his light that comes, the light that we encounter when we, when we see him. I, I think of the Apostle Paul when he encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus. He's, he, Jesus is wrapped in this bright light and Paul is knocked off his, his horse. He's caught off guard. It startles. It's startling. It, it, caught, it forced him to tremble. It forced him to tremble before what he was seeing. Like, he, he was the one, Paul was the one that was persecuting 
the church, but now he encounters Jesus who was, yea, more than a man. He is God saying, hey, I, you're, I'm the one you're persecuting. I'm the one that you're truly working against. And so when, I, when, I, when we talk about Jesus being the light, I, it's not like this, oh, he's this, this pretty glowing thing. No, he, it's intense. He's intense. And every time we talk about Jesus as the light, you know, he's not just this little light of mine. He's not just a flickering little, little, little lighter light, you know, he's, that can just be easily snuffed out. You know, won't let Satan, you know, he's not, the light of God is, is unquenchable. It is everyone who, in the Bible, who has, has encounters with God and just sees him in this, what's called an unapproachable light. They fall at his feet as though dead because it's, it's a terrifying thing. When we talk about Jesus being full of light, radiant, glorious, he is, it's, it, it should bring a terror almost inside of us, a healthy fear of the Lord is what I'm referring to, a healthy fear and reverence of who he is, that he is, he is awesome. He is, he is full of majesty and brightness and glory, and this God is, is, who, is who this man, Christ Jesus, fully God, fully man, is who John is bearing witness to. And he's bearing witness to this light, like a reflector, you know, that as we are all called to reflect the light of God into the world. And so just continuing to the next verse here, he was in the world, verse 10, he was in the world, the world was made through him, again, creator, and the world did not know him. And he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. So just right there, not everybody's a child of God. <laughs> God is creator of everybody. He loves everybody, but there is, we become children of God through faith. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, it's not according to what we can do in our, in our works, nor of the will of man, but of God. Something that God, God births in us. It's a work of, it's a divine thing. It's a work of God that we would be born again. So, continuing on, or I'm going to stick right here for just one moment before I move on. It says, so we see here, this is, this is, again, this is who John the Baptist is bearing witness to. And it says, that John the Baptist, because in the next few verses you'll see John the Baptist was, it says, uh, in ver uh, verse um, 22 actually, going go on later, later down the road, it says, Then they said to him, talking to John the Baptist, the Pharisees, Who are you that we may give, give an answer to those who sent us? And what do you say about yourself? And John the Baptist, Baptist says this, he said, I am, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And he, so John the Baptist is actually connecting his life and his ministry to what Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah chapter 40. He's connecting himself and his own identity, his own calling to Isaiah 40. Which in Isaiah 40, this is, it's, it's a message of comfort. It's a message of peace in times of, of trouble. In times of pressure, 
And this is the message, is that he would make straight the way of the Lord. And this is, again, pointing to the divinity of Jesus, the fact that he is God, is that John was sent to prepare the way of the Lord, of Jehovah, of Yahweh. It's, he wasn't sent to prepare the way of another prophet or another teacher. He was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. And in Isaiah 40, again, it's, it's clearly understood and you see here that the message that was, was given through Isaiah for the, the, the forerunner to cry out in that hour, in that hour where there needed to be this message of comfort and, and peace and truth, was that he would make straight the path, the path of God. And the way he would do this is he would say, what is the message? What should I cry out? And, and the message was this, behold your God. That Isaiah would prophesy this, and and John the Baptist would come on the scene with this in his heart, that I, my assignment, my mission right here and right now is to proclaim and to cause those around me to behold God, to look up to him. And that should be our number one priority right now in our our homes with our children and to those around us and, and, and whatever influence we have in our life, that we would decrease and that God would increase, that our life would proclaim, behold, hey, don't look at me, look at God in this moment, in this hour, when everything is, 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 is uncertain around us. Behold your God, who holds the, the waters in the hollow of his hand, who, who the, all his enemies are but just like a drop in the bucket. They're grasshoppers. Grass withers and the flowers fade. They're here today, gone tomorrow, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This is all Isaiah 40. This is all that, that is in John the Baptist when he's coming on the scene to proclaim about Jesus, about this, this one who is the light of men, who is the Lamb of God. He came on the scene declaring this, and I believe it's important for us to understand that the, right here in this hour, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, is what the Bible teaches. We don't need to fear corona, but we do need to have a fear of God. And this is something that needs to be our first response. And it's, when I say fear of God, it means to, that we have a healthy and a, and a clear understanding of who he is in his glory, in his power, in his might, in his sovereignty. That we would revere him, that we would, we would respect and understand him in the way that he, we know that he, all, we, he holds Everything in the in right here in the in the hollow of his hand, and he is is full of glory and full of power, and understand that this that we must behold the heights of his glory before we can understand or begin to comprehend the depths of his mercy, and the depths of his love. We must know how the height of his glory before we can begin to peer into and experience the depths of his love, and his mercy. So. We see here in verse 14 of, J- of John chapter 1. It says, And the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this is the, the this is, this is, this is, again, this is what we understand that it's been made clear already in this passage that Jesus, this word, is God. The word was with God and the word is God. 
and this word becoming flesh. The everlasting God becoming a man is one of the most radiating facets of his majesty. That the word of God, that God himself would robe himself in human flesh. Come on, this has to, this has to strike our hearts again. This has to hit us. We have to understand, we have to feel this and know that God stepped out of glory for us. That he, would, that he could make a way for us, that he would dwell with us. It says that he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of his, as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, or ranked before me, for he was before me. John, again, is saying that, hey, I'm on the scene here with a baptism, preaching about a baptism of repentance, baptizing people in water. Because, again, unless we turn to the Lord in repentance... There is still a veil over us that blinds us from actually experiencing and encountering God. And this is why John's, this is why he was baptizing and, and calling people to repentance. Because it's, it's not until we truly repent. We truly, and repentance just means to say, to change the way we think. To be open to stepping out of agreement with our own self and our own thoughts and our own opinions. And coming into agreement with God. Now we would be open to that. It's not until we're at that place of vulnerability that, we, that the veil would be removed. Paul would say in, I believe, 2 Corinthians, that in, in, when one turns to the Lord, there's, the veil is, is, is removed. And we begin to see and encounter the glory of God. We begin to see the glory of the Lord. So when we walk in this place of repentance and when we turn to the Lord, we begin to beheld, behold him. And, and John, again, he's saying that, hey, this... This word who is God, he, he comes after me. He, he who comes after me is preferred before me. He ranks ahead of me. He was before me. He's everlasting. And yet now he's becoming flesh. Jesus fully and truly God and also fully and truly human. Son of God and also son of man. Uniquely. This is just a powerful this is, that, that, that is a very powerful uh, reality that we, we should begin to grasp, we should begin to pray for. And all these, these truths that, in, that we read in Scripture, you hear me talking about them, you hear others talking about them, you, you look in the Word of God yourself. Get it into your own prayer life with the Lord. Get it into your own language that you would begin to ask God specifically, God, I, I, want, I want to know I want to know that you became flesh, and I want this to hit my heart in a, in a real way. I want this to move me. I want to see it clearly. I want to turn to you, God, so that you would—this needs to get in us. We need to behold him as the one who bore our griefs, who put on our flesh to, to know temptation to its fullest extent, to suffer, to—, to Experience, Lord, it's, the Bible says that he was well acquainted. Isaiah 53, he's well acquainted with our griefs. That, that, is, that needs to move us. That needs to move us. Let me turn thing here. And now I just bring it to this, this point here that, that we see John... And when he begins to see Jesus coming to, coming to him, it says, 
In verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said after me comes a man who is preferred before me. He's referencing what he just, he just heard, we, we just read. This is the one I'm t- I've been talking about. This is the word of God. This is the light, the true light. This is the one. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. Again, this baptism of repentance that he was preaching about. He was calling people to repent so that the Messiah, the Christ, the Lamb of God would be revealed so that our hearts would be opened to hear and and encounter and to to know the love of God, to know the Lamb of God. He said, I didn't know him. This was a God, the only way we can truly know God is if God himself reveals himself to us. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, when uh, God is, you know, Jesus is asking, hey, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, this is not something that flesh and blood can reveal to you, but my Father in heaven. This is a spiritually, we, God must reveal God to us. And he reveal, again, he reveals himself. When we repent, we turn ourselves to him and we, we, we hunger for him. We, we want, it's a, it's a, he doesn't just reveal himself he reveals himself to those whom he chooses, but he gives himself to those who want him, who those who are hungering and thirsting. And I believe this, is, this needs to be our heart posture in this season right here and right now as we're shut up in our homes. God, give us knowledge. Give, give us revelation of you. Give us understanding, living understanding of you. He says, behold the Lamb of God. So now let's, just, let's just understand this and, and, and just make this, you know, let's just camp out on this for just a, just a brief second. Behold the Lamb of God who takes, away the sin of the, who takes away the sin of the world. That was a bad, bad little highlight. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he's a lamb. He's the lamb that would, again, as, as Isaiah 53 has talked, you know, this is the scripture that uh, Philip was preaching that you, the Ethiopian eunuch was reading and Philip had used that scripture to preach Jesus to him. It was Isaiah 53 verse 7 where it says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. So Jesus, this this sheep before its shearers being silent, he opened not his mouth. I, I get this picture, this innocent lamb that is being led to the slaughter. That's who, that's who he's being, that's who he became for us. And I mean, picture right now, I mean, if you just naturally, if you thought about a, a little innocent little sheep, little baby little sheep, pretty sheep, you know, ah, just cute little sheep. You picture a, an innocent little sheep just being led, not even knowing, not even resisting in any way, just being led to be, to be killed, to be, to be slaughtered. I mean, yeah, I mean, those, I know those who, uh, I know my sister is one of those who, you know, when she sees, when she sees a dog 
being suffering and that's you know she's moved more than seeing a, a human suffering no I'm just kidding that's that's more of an exaggeration but a lot of us are like that we see an innocent because it's something about seeing an innocent animal we see an innocent animal or an in, anything that's innocent we see them suffer we see them go through suffering it it it, it, it hurts us it pains us it moves us and I think about the, uh, this innocent, this picture of this innocent lamb, Jesus. Just think about that for a moment. Jesus, you were this innocent lamb, who the Bible says that you knew, you who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. You bore the wrath that we deserved. Everything, Lord, all the transgressions, you bore the iniquity of us all. You were innocent. There was no deceit in you, in, you, in you whatsoever. There was no wrongdoing in you whatsoever. Yet you suffered. You weren't, he, he didn't just pay, he didn't just take a bullet for us where it was just a quick, yeah, he's gone. No, he suffered. He suffered emotionally through the betrayal of his friends. He suffered, he suffered physically, he suffered experiencing the, the fors being forsaken by God. He experienced this. He, he experienced suffering, of course, physically in his body, being tortured. He suffered with a broken heart. He suffered, innocent, yet I, I, I'm, I'm honing in on this because this is when, I'm, when I say we want to behold the Lamb of God. We want the, I want to be moved by this again right now right here and right now, I want to be moved by the fact that he was the lamb that was slain for me. I know these are facts that you may have heard before in different ways, but Lord, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let us, let it hit our hearts in a fresh and a real, in a new way. He's the innocent lamb that was slaughtered. The other part of it is that he took, takes away the sin of the world, that he's not, it's not just exclusive it wasn't just exclusive to a small group of people. It wasn't just exclusive for the Jewish people. He paid the price for you and for me, Gentiles, the sin of the world. That means we have, a, we have hope. We have hope that there is a way, there is where we need to first feel the weight of our own sin on our life, even right now, that we deserve the wrath of God, that we deserve punishment for sins, we deserve, we, those of us who, who aren't connected with this reality, who don't see ourselves as fully, we don't, I mean, I've messed up once or twice, but I don't really deserve to be punished. If we're disconnected from that, we need to search ourselves and know that we need a Savior, that we have sin in our hearts. We have, we have committed heinous crimes that we don't even know about, most of us, that we don't see the weight of the things that, that we, the iniquity that we have in our heart, that we don't see the depths of our own depravity. And I think we need to re reconnect with that reality so that we can further appreciate and, and encounter and know the forgiveness of God and the love of God. Jesus says that he who's, the one who's forgiven much will love much. And we won't know this until we know how much we've been forgiven. We won't, the psalm also, also says that there's forgiveness with the Lord that he, that he may be feared. 
Therefore, I fear him. The, the, when we understand the depths from which we've been saved and pulled from and forgiven, the pit that we've been pulled out of because of his sacrifice, it, it, it should move our hearts to fear him and to love him. He's the innocent lamb who was slaughtered for the world. Peter, Peter would talk about and say that in, he, uh, he was this precious lamb, the precious blood of Christ, that we weren't, we weren't uh, redeemed by corruptible things or silver or gold or by aimless conduct that we, by our own works, we aren't redeemed by these things, but we were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who was indeed for, for, for ordained before the foundation of the world. He was the lamb slain, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world. It was in the heart of God from the beginning that he would be the lamb slain, that he would pay the price for us. And it, it was not until these, la these last times that it was manifest for us. So whoever believes in him, when we believe in him, we shall see everlasting life. And, and, and those who do not believe, the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 36, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. I am just so, just, you know, a different, just in a, in a place right now where I want this truth to hit my heart. I want, I want to be captivated and fascinated. I know that the key for me overcoming depression right now is for me to know that I, the, the Lamb of God. You know, what does that have to do with it, me being depressed? Let me say that the number one reason you have to be stressed right now is not the coronavirus, is not uh, financial instability, it's not all these other things, relational tensions. All those things are real. I don't diminish those. But the number one reason we would have to be stressed is, the, is if we end up with sin on our ledger and we stand before God without, without knowing Jesus, without beholding the Lamb of God, to have sin in our life, to have sin and not, have, not know Jesus, to not receive the forgiveness of our sins through faith in him. And the biggest reason for our stress, if we put our faith in Jesus, if we behold the Lamb of God and we trust in him, we obey him, the biggest reason we have to, to be stressed is taken away. The burden of our sin, he takes it upon himself. The burden of, of what we deserve, the wrath of God, is taken upon another. And so as we look upon him, this week as with arms open wide, heart exposed, just bleeding for you and for me. Let it move you. Let it move you like no other time before. Let it move you. Behold the Lamb of God. He is this Passover Lamb as we talk about Passover. You know, Passover, we understand that, you know, during the time of Exodus, it was instituted, you know, when the plague was coming upon the firstborn of the, of the sons of Egypt. The Lord said, told Moses, tell, tell my people, hey, to take the best lamb they could find, slaughter this lamb, and put the blood over their doorpost, and get, shut yourself into your home, and, and, and 
eat of, to eat of this Passover lamb. And, you know, this was uh, uh, something that was instituted for the Jewish people for generations, for the generations to come, that this would be an opportunity for them to teach their younger children about the Exodus, about Jesus, about God delivering them from Egypt and delivering them from, the, from slavery. And this Passover lamb, as in, you know, we, we understand that in the Old Testament, these are types and shadows of the fuller picture which we see in Jesus, who is the, the Passover lamb, the sacrifice once and for all for our sins. Because we know in Hebrews tells us the blood of animals cannot save us from our sins, but the only one who can save us from our sins is one who is fully God, who is perfect, spotless, but who can also bleed. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so Jesus, God became who is fully God, became fully man in Jesus. So that he could, he could both be pure and perfect, live a perfect sinless life, innocent, yet bear the full wrath of God. Paying the price, bleeding, and actually tasting death for us all. Tasting true death. It wasn't just uh, figurative. He really died. Tasting death. So that he, so that we, so that he could redeem us all. So that he could be our kinsman redeemer. He could be that Passover lamb that where the wrath of God passes over. Where we, instead of coming upon us, it comes upon him. He took it upon himself. Take that, take that to heart. And as we look in this season, as we are shut into our doors, as we do enter our chambers, as we are in this place, Isaiah 26, 20 says, come my people Enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself as it, as it were for a little moment until the indignation or the fury is past. So I, I want to encourage you in this time to, as, you're, as we're shut in and on lockdown in, in, in numerous places around the world, that we would take this time to behold the Lamb. To behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Who also, that we would pass that on to our children, that they would know the fear of God. They would know that he's delivered us from our sins. They would know the salvation of Jesus, that's through Jesus Christ. The good news, the good news. So later on, just as I, as I end this, it says in a few verses later in John chapter 1, in verse 35, it says again the next day, John stood with his, his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. He says it again to his disciples this time. And he says, and it says, the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. And then they, and then they followed Jesus. They heard him, they heard John the Baptist say, hey, behold the Lamb of God who takes, and just hearing that, Move them to go, say, all right, this is who we're looking for. And he, they, they went after Jesus. And it says in verse 38, Jesus turned and seeing that these disciples were following him, he said to them, what do you seek? Are you, are you, what, what do you, are you really after me? Are you just willing to, are you just here to follow at a distance to get a, to, to, for me to meet your need, to have this or to do this? Or are you Really, are you really ready to follow me, to seek me, to behold me as the Lamb of God, to receive me as the Lamb of God? Are you, is this something that you're really, are you really after me? And I think this is the, what he's, Jesus is resounding right now to his church. Are you really after me? Are you truly 
willing to lay things down right now in this this season to behold me. Because I want to be, as Revelation uh, chapter 14, verse 4, it talks about those that would follow the Lamb, who would be undefiled and pure, who would follow the Lamb wherever he goes. And right here and right now, I want to be one who follows the Lamb, who follows the Lamb wherever he goes. So I want to just encourage you, and I want to just pray for you, that right now in your home, you would just encounter him, that there would be something in it. You would have an appetite right now in your heart just to say, wow, I, I, I have just been looking at you with a common gaze, God, and I need to pursue you in a deeper level. I need to know you in truth and depth. It needs to go from my head to my heart. I need to behold the Lamb of God who takes away my sin as, just as it is, as he does the sin of the whole entire world. And so, Father, right now, that you, I ask that you would just begin to touch every heart, every, every family, everyone listening to this. God, that they would know you as the lamb who takes away our sin, the innocent lamb, that, that we, would, we would be grieved by our own sin, God. God, I pray for a spirit of repentance to come across your church right now. God, a spirit of repentance, God, that we would be open, that we would be willing to change some things, to turn our hearts, to rend our hearts, and not just our garments, not just outwardly doing things, God, but in our hearts we would turn to you. Jesus, I ask for, for just encounter right now. Whoever's hearing this, whoever hears, hears this, that your spirit would move. God, that they would encounter you. You are healer. You are provider. You are the Lamb of God who, who has the power, who, as we see even throughout the book of Revelation, you are still the Lamb of God who is slain for us, who is the one who's coming back in victory for us to redeem the world. And I pray, Lord, that it would, you would move our hearts, move our hearts even over these next few days. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I just want to encourage you, and as always, if you want the notes, um, go ahead and comment down below. If you would, uh, I'll find a way to to reach out and uh, make sure you get some copies of notes. Um, Also, again, this is a series called The Radiance of Christ, Um, and this is part of that series, first part of that series, and and I'm going to be doing something a little different, and I want to just put out the interest, put the invitation out there to kind of gauge the interest. If um, possibly um, in the ne- either either next week or the week after, doing a um, a continuation of this, doing a, doing a one week uh, Bible study, and it would just be like a I don't know exactly how I'm going to format it yet, but th- maybe possibly 30 minutes a day where you would meet with me, and I would I'll put a Google form down below and, and a link if you want to fill that out, and just just so I can know if you're interested or not, and you would well just spend those that. Um, are able to if it's not if it doesn't get overfilled in, in the video room I can we'll meet for 30 minutes you know for four to five days um, and just go through a few more we'll go a little bit deeper in some of these sessions here about the radiance of Christ where we're going to look at different passages look at Revelation chapter 1 or look at different places in scripture where we look we look at the the person of Jesus. We look at his character, his nature, his attributes. We look at different titles and descriptions of him 
and we want to go deeper. We want it to go from head to heart. And if you're interested in that, again, fill out the form below. And also, if you're in need of prayer, if you want prayer, go ahead and comment below and let us know. We want one of our team will reach out. We want to be a, we want to be willing and, and available to to minister to you, and even right right here and right now. And beyond that, I know I want the Lord to minister to you in your home. Uh, just right now, right where you're at. And thank you for joining us. Everyone be blessed, and uh, you all have a great evening. Thanks.